ಓಂ ಜ್ಞಾನಚಿಂಧ್ಯಾನಂಜನಶಲಾಕಾಯ ಚಕ್ಷುರ್ಮೀಲಿತೀಗುರವೇ ನಮಃ ನಿಟಾಯ ನಿಟಾಯ ಇಸ್ ಐ ಡಿಮಿನುಟಿವ್ ಓರ್ ನಿಗ್ನೈಮ್ ಆಫ್ ನಿತ್ಯಾನಂದ ನಿತ್ಯಾಯ ಗುಣಮೌನಿ ದ ಜುವಲ್ ಆಫ್ ವರ್ಚ್ಯೂಸ್ ಮೈ ನಿತಾಯ ಬ್ರಾಡ್ ಎಲ್ಲ ಪ್ರೇಮ್ ಲವ್ ಆಫ್ ಕೃಷ್ಣ and inundated the world bringing that flood of prem nityananda came to gauradesh west bengal <clears throat> and the uh, the devotees drowned in that flood but those who are very fallen they floated so generally you think it's good to float and not drown but in this case in the flood of love of god you want to drown and those who are not devotees they want to get drowned so those who are most fallen sinful lowly nityananda didn't allow them to escape but he gave them all uh, love of god on a level which is rare even for brahma the uh unbounded ocean of from the ocean of uh mercy the unbounded ocean of mercy nitananda cut a canal and brought it door to door the nectar of krishna prema the lochan says such anitai such a person who does not worship is knowingly even having heard janbooj karke you could say in hindi he's willingly knowingly uh, killing himself nityananda is Dalaram Tattva means Guru Tattva. Nityananda gives strength. Dalaram gives strength. The Gurus in the Sampradaya of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, those who are the Paramahamsa Mahabhagavats, they are considered to be either a uh either a confidential associate of Srimati Radharani or a manifestation of Nityananda Prabhu which means they're either in the Shingarasa of Vrindavan the, the uh, mellow of uh, love uh, female to male love or they are in the mood of a cowherd boy guru tatva in gorya sampradaya means nityananda tatva shila prabhupad said about his own guru i consider him to be he, my my guru is an avatar of lord nityananda so he didn't from if we see the whole corpus of shila prabhupad's teachings we understand that he is not claiming that 
his guru, Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasar Thakur, he doesn't claim that he is Vishnu Tattva, as is Nityananda. But he claims him to be a manifestation of him because he does the same work in the same empowered manner. So, who is carrying the mercy of Krishna, uh, they are carrying the mercy of Nityananda Prabhu. We may say, well, that's Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mercy. Yes, it's Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mercy. But it comes through Lord Nityananda. He, he makes it available to everyone. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to give that mercy. He also preached. But the really extensive preaching and really nitty-gritty, down-to-earth, down with the, down with the people, living among the people and uh, bringing Krishna consciousness to people that um, traditional members of Vedic society would have nothing to do with. Such people would have to live outside the city. They were not allowed in, if, if they were allowed inside, but not to the areas where the Brahmanas lived. Uh, in some parts of India, they were so strict that if you even saw such a person, then you'd have to take a bath before you could do any auspicious activity. If people collecting water, people would collect water from the river. Still, something like that is going on. And just as we were coming, we saw that there's the spigot is on the side of the road and mostly women are there with their nowadays plastic containers for collecting water. So people, they used to use the, uh, actually for bringing large quantities of water, then uh, pigskin would be used. Yes, pigskin. Uh, the, the water carriers, it would be very heavy, filled up with water. So, uh, Brahmin, if he's bringing water from the river, uh, that would be for, for cooking for the Lord or for worshipping the Lord. Uh, if they even saw these people called chandalas, then they would throw the water away, take bath and collect some more water. They would consider that water contaminated. But Nityananda went to the, to the area where such people lived and mixed with them, and uplifted them. This is the mercy of Nityananda Prabhu. So this is the requirement for an Acharya. In this age, he has to be very liberal in spreading Krishna consciousness. If we think we'll only go for the best people, well, there aren't that many good people around. Of course, the principle always works. The common people follow the examples of persons they consider to be exalted or elevated. So Srila Prabhupada, he had a very broad preaching strategy uh, he wanted mass preaching and he also wanted preaching to the class. Uh, the mass preaching, it was inaugurated. Uh, of course, by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but by Nityananda Prabhu. Uh, 
on the basis of understanding that although someone is, it's generally understood that someone takes birth in a Brahmin family due to past pious activities. And the whole culture in a Brahmin family is very conducive for making further advancements in religious life. Whereas someone who's born in a Chandal family, it's understood that they did so because of pious, previous impious activities. Everyone gets what they deserve. Swakarma fala bhukpuma. Everyone gets the uh, result uh, of what they do. Previously, we get the result. Uh, but Nityananda, he broke through all these considerations and considered that everyone intrinsically is a devotee of Krishna. They may have been pious in previous life or impious. Everyone is a devotee of Krishna. So it, if someone is seriously sinful in a previous life, Nithyananda considers, no, don't think of that. Just see their spirit soul. They can chant Hare Krishna. If they chant Hare Krishna, they'll be purified. So someone who's chanting Hare Krishna, even if they're from a very sinful background, they automatically become the most pious. These are the teachings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And they were practically put into action by Nityananda Prabhu. So therefore, anyone who is very powerfully preaching the message of Krishna consciousness, they are understood or they are accepted to be a manifestation of Nityananda Prabhu. And Nityananda Prabhu's mercy is working through them. So as an ideal Acharya, uh, Nityananda Prabhu wandered here and there for preaching. He went from place to place. Prem Pracharan are Pashanda Dalan Dui Karje Abadhuta Karan Brahman. Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita describes that for the sake of preaching love of Krishna and subduing the atheists and rascals, for these two purposes, Nityananda Avadhut. Uh, he traveled. He went here and there. Which means he went here and there with his associates. So, uh, he is the Supreme Lord. He's very joyful. Uh, he can also become very angry. Hmm. Balaram, we remember, uh, he would sometimes, in his pastimes with Krishna, sometimes he would act as a as a mediator or go-between. Uh, for instance, when Krishna was about to kill Rukmi, Balaram, he restrained Krishna saying that, well, you just kidnapped Rukmini, this man's brother. So although under normal circumstances, uh, this uh, Rukmi, he should be executed for his sinful activities, you should just consider that whatever this Rukmi may be, he, in his behavior and his attitude toward you, he is after all the elder brother of Rukmini who you just married and she would be upset 
if you were to uh, kill him just now. So uh, Krishna desisted from killing him later on uh, during a uh, gambling match or the marriage of uh, Aniruddha. Uh, Balaram himself killed Rukmi. He had it coming to him because Rukmi was always very offensive. So uh, Balaram, on one hand, sometimes he could be very restrained. He restrained himself from taking part in the battle of Kurukshetra. He didn't want to get involved, although it's a Kshatriya's duty uh, to fight. Uh, he felt it was time for himself to uh, retire from the situation. And uh, in this way, yeah, he didn't get involved. Even he, he came at the end of the battle when it was practically all over. And Duryodhana and Bhima were fighting with... And uh, Balaram at that time, he tried to make a truce between them also, but to no avail. So Balaram, he can be very diplomatic in the sense of suing for peace and he can be also uh, get very angry... So Nityananda, he's also uh, bringing the bliss of Krishna consciousness to everyone, but sometimes he gets very angry also. Uh, there's another incident, which is described in Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, of Shivananda Sen, who would every year bring the devotees from Bengal to Puri, which sounds like, uh, yeah, there are maybe a few hundred devotees, so it sounds like it's quite a big job to organize all that. Maybe you have to organize some extra bogies on the train if you have to do it nowadays. But in those days, there were no trains and no bogies, and organized means you have to walk. So you have to estimate how, many, how much distance you'll cover in one day and then where you'll be, where you can stay and prasadam arrangements. Even in the modern age, it's, uh, it's difficult to plan such a trip, uh, to, to make arrangements for everyone. But they were walking, of course. There were no trains in those days. Um, well, theoretically, they could have gone by boat, but no one did. Theoretically, they could have gone by boat down the... Uh, Hugli Bhagirati, which means Ganga, down to Ganga Sagar and taking a boat over to Puri from there. But the, the seas were very, were and uh, still are very, uh, very difficult seas. High, uh, a lot of wave motion and this and that. So the standard method was to go by walking. So one would have to, who was organizing would have to arrange lodge, they'd have to estimate how much distance we'll cover in one day. And then they would have to go in, in advance or send someone in advance. Shivananda had a joint and big family to help, and others may have helped also, and arrange lodging and prasadam. So it was a great endeavor, but he was very expert in doing so. So, um, 
And another thing is, on the way there are many toll keepers, because there are so many people going up and down from Bengal to Puri, that the government thought it a good idea, let's tax them on the way. We get some income. And especially at rivers, there were poll booths, because if you put it on the road, then people may think, it's too, you see there's 600 in our group, and uh, if, we, if we can save money. But if there's a, if there's a river, you, you have very little choice. You have to cross it. So the, the toll gate was generally uh, right on the river. And the, uh, the, the men in the toll booth, they would often try to uh, cheat the pilgrims or take... Mostly, between Bengal and Puri, mostly all pilgrims, but they would always try to demand as much as possible. Because the money is supposed to go to the government, but anyway, Indian culture. <laughs> it's not only in India. It's not the culture we want to establish. The policy of cheating and hoodwinking. So... Uh, one time in the evening, it means the devotees had been walking all day, and in the evening one toll keeper had a, had a ferry stoppage. He was harassing Shivananda and saying, no, no, I need more money, you have to give more. And Shivananda said, look, he said to the toll keeper, you let these men go, men and women and children, uh, let them go and cross the river and take their lodging and I will stay behind and I'll work out with you and then I'll pay you. So it was agreed that all the devotees from Bengal could cross the river, they could uh, take bath and this and that. Well, Shivananda stayed behind and sorted out the, uh, how much tax to pay at the toll booth. Uh, so he was delayed. So and Nityananda went ahead, and Shivananda was delayed more and more and more. And Nityananda became more and more angry and said, "Look, I've been walking all day. I'm hungry. I want to eat something." He got more and more angry, and eventually he cursed. He said, "This Shivas, I curse him." And Shivas, his wife, became very uh, affected by that. Uh, so, because he's, Nityananda was thinking that there's Srivas, he's supposed to arrange food for us, where's the food? So eventually Srivas, he came, hmm? Shivananda, Shivananda, yeah, Shivananda. Uh, Shivananda came, and he got delayed, and this and that, bargaining backwards and forwards, and actually the, the toll booth men, they want to take as much as they can, and Shivananda wants to give as little. So uh, eventually came, and uh, Nityananda saw him, and he, he went up to Shivananda and kicked him in the chest. He said, feed me, I'm starving. And Shivananda thought, wow, that's great. Because that's the sign actually of being accepted. Who will punish you, either your enemy or your friend? Either your enemy or your well-wisher. So if you think someone is 
punishing if you if you, you know, Nityananda Shivananda knows that he's his well wisher. But who's in the position of a well wisher, just like guru to disciple, they'll only punish someone who they understand can take it. They won't run away. Uh, if there's a very intimate relationship, within a family there may be some argument. Up to a certain level, that's acceptable because it's understood that the, the bond is so tight, there's some disagreement. They can disagree, but there won't be any, there's no question of rupture. So, uh, Shivananda said, yes, now I'm completely blessed. Bliss, bliss. So he apologized for being and arranged all this. But the nephew of Shivananda, Srikant, Srikant Singh, he felt very uncertain. He said, well, my uncle, he's, the, he's uh, respected by all the Vaishnavas. And this Nityananda has kicked him and he was very upset and he left him with the party and went ahead to Puri. So Nityananda, he may appear like this. To, uh, what, what is the meaning? He kicked Shivananda means that he actually felt that, that one thing is he felt that he is my own person so I can punish him. Another thing he felt I am dependent on Shivananda. If Nityananda, the Supreme Lord, is feeling the whole world, but he's waiting. No, I'm not going to eat unless he arranges. So Shivananda accepted that even though I am completely dependent on Lord Nityananda's mercy, he has today behaved in such a way as if he is dependent upon my mercy. And in this way, he has actually ac accepted me fully as his servant. So he was, uh, oh yeah, Nityananda was saying that, I, I'll curse Shivananda before, saying, I'll curse Shivananda, all his family will die, and his wife was getting all upset. And, uh, so this is the mercy of Lord Nityananda. He can sometimes get very angry also, as also when he went to a village, there was one Ramachandra Khanna, who was envious of Vaishnavas. He had tried to, previously, he had tried to make Haridash Thakur fall down by sending a prostitute to seduce him. But Haridash Thakur, by the power of his devotional service, had uplifted that prostitute and made her into a great Vaishnavi. She was so fallen that she was ready to seduce a great devotee to try to make him fall down. She was just, how sinful can you get? But by Haridas's power of devotional service, he instead converted her into a great Vaishnava. Now all our brahmacharis don't go to the brothel in Velo and try to do the same thing. <laughs> that's for Haridas Thakur, that's not for you. <laughs> So this Ramachandra Khan was a very sinful person. Why did he want to do that? Because he was envious of Haridas. He couldn't tolerate that Haridas was being praised by everyone. He thought, why is he being praised? I, I'm, I'm a big landlord around here. Everyone should praise me. So he was a very uh, sinful person by nature. And later, 
Nityananda Prabhu was wandering around Bengal with his associates to uh, spread Krishna consciousness. He came to the village where Ramachandra Khan lived. And he went naturally went to the landhold the landlord's house, that's what people are travelling, whether <coughs> as merchants or pilgrims or whatever, they would go that's one of the duties of the the big man in the village, the land, the zamindar or whatever they call it. Maybe. <coughs> the zamindari system at that time that was uh, going on. <coughs> so that's their duty to receive travelers. So... Uh, This Ramachandra Khan, he didn't personally come to receive him, to receive Nityananda. He should have personally received him, washed his feet, given him a good welcome. But he sent his servant. He sent a servant to say, uh, "Well, there's too there are too many people. For you. we we don't have enough space for you, so you can stay in the uh, Durga Mandap and the cow sheds, and you you look after yourself there." So uh, Nityananda became very angry. This is a deliberate insult. He's not receiving us properly. So he left that place without staying, without eating. If a guest comes and doesn't eat, that's considered a great uh, point of uh, very sinful for the person who's supposed to feed them. The guests should be properly fed. So Ramchandra Khan was so sinful that uh, after Nityananda left, he had his men clean the whole place with cow dung and water, with the idea to purify it. Such a sinful mentality. Shortly after that, the uh, the, the village was attacked. <coughs> At that time, there was a very, uh, very unstable situation in most of India. And actually, it's still like that in some parts of India. The, the, the local government was under the Muslim, the Nawab Hussein Shah of the um, Ngor. Malden, now Malda district. But there would be different people would it. So one, one, another Muslim attacked that area. So different people tried to take control. Just like in some areas of India, for, for quite some time, uh, parts of what is now Telangana, that was not under government control. That was under the control of Naxalites. So it was like that, and still going on. So... Uh, he attacked the village. He killed a cow and ate it and, and cooked it in the place where Nityananda had stayed because they had made such an insult to him. And then he cleaned the, Everyone left the village. They all fled and the whole village, which was very prosperous, became totally emptied out. 
because of this offense made to Nityananda. So we have to be very careful not to insult Lord Nityananda. Lord Nityananda, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is merciful and if possible, Nityananda is even more merciful. Nityananda is especially merciful but we should be careful not to offend. We shouldn't think, well, Gornitai are very merciful, so we won't bother worshipping them properly. We'll have Gornitai deities and we'll just... Anyway, they're there and when we feel like it, we'll do some worship and we don't have to worship properly because they're very merciful. But very merciful doesn't mean that we have a license to offend them. Very merciful means Alpurseva Bahumane Atta Prajanta Prashad. That's stated in Chaitanya Charitamrita. Ishura Shabhav Bhaktena Loya Parad Alpurseva Bahumane Atta Prajanta Prashad. Means that the Supreme Lord, His very nature is that He doesn't see or He doesn't. Even if a devotee makes, if someone's actually a devotee and he makes an offense, then he won't consider that. But if that devotee does a little service, the Supreme Lord takes that to be very great service and gives that devotee mercy up to the point of giving himself to that devotee. But if if one is not really in the mood of a devotee and thinks that, oh, he's very merciful, then I won't bother serving properly. Or we can do any damn thing we like in the name of devotional service. Well, that's not really a devotee. And that, that may become offensive. So we have to be very careful in service. We may think we don't have to be careful with Gorni Tigers. They don't accept offenses. But the dust of their lotus feet, which means the devotees are always at the lotus feet, of, they accept. So we should be very careful in this matter. <coughs> he's very joyful, very jolly, but he, Nityananda can be very, very heavy also. Guru means heavy. So uh, we should serve him very carefully, pray for his mercy on this day. Especially on this day, we should pray to Lord Nityananda for the mercy to become free from material desires and like him to uh, preach Krishna consciousness, without discrimination, being very merciful to everyone, except those who offend Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Uh, Hare Krishna. So, uh, where are those books we have to read from? So you can... Oh, we can sing this one other song. Uh, Akroda Paramananda. These three songs about Lord Nityananda are especially well known.